a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to get outside. This is KSL Outdoors, brought to you by Trax Power Sports. Two hours of stories and information on hunting, fishing, and high adventure. Our host is Tim Hughes on KSL News Radio. Welcome back. Hour number two and the final one for another week of KSL Outdoors Radio. Here in studio with me, Russ Smith from Skycall Satellite. Hello. Yeah, it's good to be back in studios. Kind of curious if uh, business is starting to churn back up again with people yeah. getting a little spring fever here. Mar- March is doing fabulous, and we're not even there yet. Hmm. So, yeah, people are getting outdoors. And um, Who's our climbing buddy that uh, takes a phone from time to time and checks Which in one? with uh, Paul, Greg <laughs> Paul. Paul? Yeah, I-, I noticed he posted uh, pictures on his Facebook page yesterday or maybe even today. Oh, He's ice climbing. Neat. Uh, he's he's a crazy man, (laughs) but we've had some of our most memorable moments when, uh, he checked in with us with a satellite phone from Mount Everest Everest. a couple of times, uh, but he's out there on the ice, uh, this week, which I think is just a crazy thing. He's he's not a young guy either. Yeah. All of his summits to, I'm a dumb blonde. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a dumb blonde, which is now famous over in Kathmandu because of you. (laughs) It's Uh, a giggle out of everybody. Yeah. Uh, but if you're looking for a satellite phone yeah. in the near future or in the future at any yeah. time, call Skycall. Satellite phones and in-reach trackers and also uh, Star, Star Starlink. Link. Thank you. Yeah. Starlink also. Yeah. Uh, Navinopskis is still on skis. Hopefully, uh, you know, we talk about keeping the uh, rubber side down when you're driving. Keep the boards on the ground yeah. uh, when you're skiing, too. I am. I'm, I'm doing great. I'm like he's turning right now again. All right. Staying out of the mogul fields, I hope. <laughs> no, we're not looking for moguls today. Yeah, that's a good thing because you've got plenty of uh, <laughs> plenty of ski days in the past week. Uh, I'm sure you're a little rubbery at this point. You'll uh, recognize this music and know what that means. It is time for us to check in uh, with our favorite person. I mean, we have plenty of Division of Wildlife Resources. I don't want to sort of alienate any of those that help us out with information, but she is at the top of the list. I think so. Mostly because she has her own theme song, and we just haven't gone that far with anybody else. Well, we're just happy she answers her phone. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, because usually if somebody has had one experience with us, they never do it. pretty much it. (laughs) Uh, but Faith Jolly from the Division of Wildlife Resources is back with us this week. Hi, Faith. Hey, thanks for having me on. And I'm going to remember that you called me your favorite. It's on right. now, so it must be true. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on, here it is. I gotta have faith. Yeah. There it is. Pretty good timing. Uh, Navi, you were talking on Fish Bites a minute ago about uh, cutthroat trout. It's a good day to be talking cutthroats because Faith has a couple of uh, uh, projects to tell us about. We've talked about the slam, haven't we, Navi? Uh, cutthroat slam oh, here in the state. Of course. We talk about it all the time. I can't tell you how many people I know have actually completed a slam. Hmm. And you know what? Most of the kids, you kids really like that project. Yeah. Let's walk people through, Faith, uh, before we talk about these projects, how it w- how these were funded. 
uh, and let people know about the fun that can be had if they want to get in on the Cutthroat Slam. Yeah, so, I mean, as you mentioned, you, you've kind of talked about the Cutthroat Slam in the past, but for anybody that's unfamiliar with it, um, yeah, basically it's, it was launched by our division, the Division of Wildlife Resources and Trout Unlimited, one of our partners, and it's just honestly a really fun fishing challenge that has participants catch each of Utah's four native cutthroat trout subspecies in their native ranges. So you have to catch one of these four, but in the, the area that they're native to. So it's kind of a fun little challenge. Um, anyway, and, and yeah, we have a lot of people that have done it. We've had over 4,000 people that have completed it. Uh, but yeah, you basically you go on the website, you register at the $20 registration fee, and you have basically an unlimited amount of time to finish this challenge. And once you do, you get you know a certificate, bragging rights. We also have these fun little commemorative medallions. We're releasing four new ones um, that kind of highlight each of the the different subspecies. So if you want to, if you've done it, you want to do it again and kind of <laughs> form this little collection. That's always fun. Yeah. Uh, I think of it, Russ, kind of like uh, the merit badges that you gather you when you're a yeah. scout. Yeah, and and totally. the the side benefit of this uh, side benefit, or one of them anyway, Faith, is that it pushes people to fish in areas and uh, catch fish that maybe they would have never done. So it kind of expands your horizons. It totally does, and and that's one of the, the fun things about it. And we've heard that feedback from a lot of people that honestly, their favorite part is going to some of these new locations in Utah that maybe they've never explored or they're not as familiar with. And so, yeah, it gives you kind of opens up your horizons and you can have fun fishing while you're doing it. So it's, it's a really cool project. How many of these species do you know, Navi, that you've actually caught uh, through the years? Oh, I've caught them all. There's no question. One of the stipulations she said was in their region, because a lot of these you can catch other places than Utah. But I've caught them all. And, look, I love the project. Not only does it raise funds, it raises awareness on the delicate nature of our cutthroat. It makes us appreciate them. But like you said, it gets people fishing a different end of the river. People say, let's go fishing, Dad. And then they go to the same spot they always go. Yeah. And I always argue my favorite river is the river I've yet to fish. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's talk about uh, the first of these two projects, Faith. Uh, improving Fish Creek. What's going on there? Yeah, so as you mentioned, basically the majority of this funding for this slam goes back towards native fish conservation projects. So the first one that we're working on, we had two that were selected for this year from some of these funds. Um, Yeah, the first one is in Fish Creek, and this area was really impacted by flooding and kind of runoff and erosion after a big wildfire in 2010. So we've done some work over the years to help stabilize, stabilize the stream banks and decrease erosion. Um, but this kind of next phase of the project that this funding will go toward is helping to plant different plants along the river to kind of further restore the vegetation there, which will benefit the fish, including some of these native um, cutthroat trout in this area. So we're pretty excited about this, kind of a, an ongoing process to help improve this fishing area. Well, by the way, that project's going to get about $10,000 in funding. I would imagine that goes for some of the cost of the vegetation my guess is that most of the uh, physical effort, the human power, is coming on a volunteer side, no? It does, a lot of times. Yeah, we'll have some of our, you know, obviously biologists that will help spearhead those crews. But, yeah, we get a lot of volunteers and different partners that just come and volunteer kind of that manpower to do the actual planting. So a lot of these projects, you know, wouldn't be possible without some of our awesome partners. So, yeah, we really appreciate all the local anglers 
anglers, but also these different organizations that we partner with. All right, so that one makes perfect sense to help the fish. People might wonder how a wall mural is going to go about doing that, but I'm going to guess it comes in on the educational side. Yes. So like you said, most of these projects that we're doing directly, you know, go back to stabilizing streams or helping to, you know, stock more cutthroats or something like a very direct impact. This one, yeah, it's kind of more of an outreach educational effort. So there's this new project, the Utah Wildlife Walls Mural Project. Um, It was started by the Utah Wildlife Federation and a local artist. And their goal is basically to highlight and educate the public about different native species throughout the state. And their goal is to get one large community mural in each of Utah's counties. So the first one was done in Salt Lake in Sugar House last fall, and it featured a Bonneville cutthroat trout on a a pretty big building. Um, Super cool. We have an unveiling project for each of these that one of our biologists will go and kind of teach people about these species. So this this particular upcoming project, they're wanting to get a mural of a Colorado River cutthroat trout in one of these communities along its native range. So yeah. the location's still being determined, but yeah, kind of fun and just makes it a community event and it's fun to see and kind of educate people about these local species. That'll be awesome. Uh, and back to the slam for just a minute. It's generated more than eighty one thousand dollars in uh, revenues for restoration projects here in Utah. So it is a uh, massive success and just a a great one that we love to talk about from time to time. Faith, thank you. If people want more information on the SLAM, I guess we just direct them to wildlife.utah.gov. Yes, they can visit our website or they can just go and register directly at utahcutthroatslam.org. Anything else from you, Navinomskis? No, I think I'm good. That was lovely. Thanks, Faith. I'm going to keep yeah. slow down yet, Tim. All right. I'm going to turn you loose to the mountain. Have a good time. Be safe. And uh, you and Gail, enjoy your time together. I'll see you back home this weekend. All right. Uh, and that's going to wrap it up for here. We're going to go on the road and uh, do a little road tripping Yeah, with Bob and Mark. Road tripping with Bob and Mark.com. So stay with us. That's next. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor... You'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen. By the sound of the music, you would uh, know without even thinking that it's time to do a little road tripping. Road tripping with Bob and Mark.com. On the road again. Just can't wait to get home. Bob Grove, Mark Wade, good morning, gentlemen. Good morning to you. Before you guys get started, uh, Russell, since he's back with us after uh, his absence for a couple of weeks, just got back from a road trip. Where'd you say it was? 
Elephant something. Well, we, we were based in Delta. Okay. So then we went out towards Ely, and I wanted to take her up to Antelope Springs because she's never been there. I can't remember being there. If you went looking for antelope, but, how'd you end up with elephants? Well, I'm, I'm going to get to that. <laughs> but, but as you know, it's been snowing, and, and uh, I didn't want to push my limits, not with the Jeep, but with the sweet wife, yeah, Christine. Yeah. Yeah. So I said, well, let's go on the Severe Lake side of the highway. You guys following along with me geographically here? Yeah. Okay. So we we turned off towards the lake in the area where – well, we turned off right around where uh, Elephant Rock Arch is, but we weren't quite that far because I never saw the arch. But we turned off and we got in an area around King Top, they call it. Now, my curiosity there was I send phones out there, and I had never heard of this area, but it's a very popular climbing area. And the rock formations are the, just as strange as going anywhere else in Utah. Hmm. Just really strange rocks, just like sandwiches stacked up on top of each other. Yeah. And it was a nice drive. Everything went fine until we got on top of the pass and needed to start down in the, in the ice. Oh, no. And the mud. Oh, no. But that was a mud unusual to Utah. It was sand and, and, sand and a decomposed granite. And it was just sloughing off instead of sucking us in wow. like the clay does. Mark, you guys had talked about an area, I don't know if it was out there, that had great rock formations. Does that ring a bell with either of you, uh, Mark, first? Well, there, it's not ringing quite a bell with me. Bob, what about you? Yeah, we've been there, Mark. Well, we've been to Elephant Rock Arch. We were we went to, it's out on Highway 6 slash 50. Right. And it's right off the side of the highway. And we pulled over to the side there and, and walked over and took some shots of Elephant Rock. We haven't been up to King Top, but it's just uh, south of where Elephant Rock yeah. Arch is. Right. Right. Aubrey, uh, obviously, was very memorable for Mark. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. I don't blame you. You guys go so many yeah. places that uh, I would be losing track myself. Speaking of going places, you guys wanted to talk about uh, when spring finally comes, we're all sort of, <laughs> well, I shouldn't say that. Those that ski are not rooting for spring. Uh, we're looking for a longer ski season, but we do need the precipitation, and so we've been more than blessed this year. But, uh, Mark, you wanted to take us on a scenic route, a kind of a loop drive, starting right there in your backyard, I think. Really close to me. And we're going to start in Nephi. And, you know, as, as things start to warm up, one of the things people love to do, and we're, one of, we're some of those people, we like to get out on a road trip. Yeah. And this is a nice short road trip we'll talk about today. You start in Nephi, you head east up Salt Creek Canyon. As you go up the canyon, you're going to pass off the turnoff to Nebo Loop, and that's, of course, an option that people can take. They could even start over in Payson and come Nebo Loop and then go down this way. But we're going to go take you over to Fountain Green, which is just a few minutes up the road. Bob and I and, and our wives went over there recently. We were out looking for eagles in the snow, and we stopped at a fun little place that everyone should stop and get a little burger and, or something they'd like to take for, for lunch. Chef's Grill and Market. And when we say and market, it's got all these little gifts that mm. your wives all want to buy. You huh. know? And it's good food, good food and a good little place to stop, Fountain Green. Spell that, for, spell, that, spell that for me. Chef's, S-H-E-P apostrophe S. Oh, okay. Yep. Chef's Grill. All right. Sounds like you can go. Go ahead. No, I was going to say sounds like a good find, but go ahead and finish. 
Shep's Grill, and then you're going to just we're going to run you out down the highway towards Moroni, and then over to um, Spring City, which is one of Bob's favorite mm. little hideouts. Yeah, Bob, what about Spring City? Yeah, so once you get past the turkeys. <laughs> and the smell at yeah. certain times of the year. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, Spring City. Boy, I tell you, this is one of my favorite little towns. I love Highway 89. You know, it's the Heritage Highway that runs down from Highway 6 and goes all the way to Kanab with a boulder loop along the way. But one of my favorite stops is Spring City. I used to have a client near there about five miles south of Spring City, Windwalker Ranch, a number of mm-hmm. years ago. But Spring City is a really interesting city. It was Settled by the Danish, Brigham Young in 1852 sent the Danish down there. It was settled originally by James Allred. But the entire town is a historic district, and it's got all these really cool old pioneer uh, homes and and, uh, stores. It's a really artsy town. There's a lot of arts and crafts. But uh, to me, it's one of the best stops to make along Highway 89 in that San Pete County area. And I highly recommend it. Back in May, they, they, they stopped this Heritage Festival for a while due to COVID, but it's they're going to run it again, I think, soon, uh, Heritage Day event uh, where they have home tours and things like that uh, celebrate the heritage of that community. But it's, it's worth a stop. It's not right on Highway 89. Highway 89, what was built, it bypassed Spring City, and it kind of kept that, that historic town intact. And so you have to take a a small uh, uh, detour off the road to get to it. Yeah. Um, Ephraim Manti, uh, Mark, is, is a spot, I swear, every time I pass through, I think, I really should have added a day to whatever my drive was or my destination so that I could take a little time to explore. There's a lot to see there. There really is. You know, little, little Ephraim is the home of Snow College, Snow Junior College, and, and it's a college town. And so you've got some great little restaurants and shops there. There's a malt shop. Uh, I think an E for more man time, forgetting which, there's a really great little chocolate shop, and people love to stop at those kinds of places. So E for Manti, and you've got in Manti the LDS temple there that sits there up on the hill. It's being worked on right now, I think being renovated for earthquake proofing, and it's just a beautiful site. And so, yeah, both of those little towns, you need a few hours at least just to spend some time walking up and down Main Street getting a meal, going to the chocolate shops. Boy, and when you come around that corner, it's one of our favorite motorcycle rides, Highway 89, Russ, but when you come around that corner and you get your first glimpse of that temple on the hill, yeah. uh, it really is something. Of you. Uh, finish us out in about 30 seconds, if you can, Bob, with Palisade State Park, uh, Gunnison area. Yeah, so let's talk, you know, the recreation in the area. Palisade State Park, one of our state parks, is a great place. It's got an 18-hole golf course, RV and tent camping, canoeing and fishing little walking trail, but it has great OHV trail access to Six Mile Canyon that accesses the Arapine Trail. Of course, once you get on that Arapine Trail with over 600 miles, you're into the Skyline Trail and all those OHV trail systems that are up and down San Pete County into Emory County and down into Sevier County. So this is great access. If you're into the off-road community, this is one of the best places all up and down throughout San Pete County has access into these trail systems. So many great nice. ideas, and yep. if you want to have pictures or video or more information to uh, look at, maps and the whole thing, go to Road Trippin' with Bob and Mark.com. I know you guys are headed to Delta. We were talking about the Snow Goose Festival right. earlier in the show, so have fun there tomorrow. We'll try. We'll try to stay out of the snow. Yeah, because yeah. you had to snow blow a half an inch from your front yard. We've heard the story. <laughs> uh, Exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> 
Guys, thanks. Have a good weekend. We'll take a break when we come back. Speaking of the snow, we head to solitude. Travis Holland joins us next for Snow Day. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.